Hello and welcome to Hot Girls with me, Lex on the Decks. Today I am boosted by the focus of a star on the rise. Having grown up obsessed with music, when most of her friends went to college, Morgan went on tour and began a whole different kind of education. With releases through 2020 showing her breadth as an artist, from the ultra-smooth Sanctuary to the announcement single, My Year, to the huge rudimental track, Be The One. It's been a really interesting year for her creatively and as an artist in development. We chat through her journey to getting signed to a label, actually the same label as Anne-Marie. We also talk about what she wants to do with her career, both as a musician and also as a businesswoman. And we talk a little bit about the secret and the law of attraction. So without further ado, Morgan on the Hot Girls podcast. Let's go. Ladies, listen up. You're listening to Hot Girls with Lex on the deck. We in the mix. It's fire. Keep it going. We on fire. From London for the world. Let's go in. Morgan, welcome to the Hot Girls podcast. Hey. Lovely to chat to you today. The first thing I wanted to ask you about is relationships because I think we're all missing lots of people at the moment. So who's been getting you through lockdown? Who's been kind of, you know, on the end of the phone? I've been speaking to my friends a lot. I haven't really had the chance to like get on Zoom or anything with them. They've been at uni, so they've all been studying at uni. Um, so I haven't really had the opportunity to be on Zoom with them, but I've been texting them. But it's been mainly my family, just mm-hmm. my family keeping me sane, my mum, my dad, my little brother. My puppy, yeah. got a puppy. Have you? <laughs> yeah. Little Labrador puppy. <laughs> Chocolate lab. He's so cute. He's called Bear. <laughs> He's been getting me through it as well. <laughs> I feel like family's been getting everyone through because it's yeah. like the safe space and also mm-hmm. kind of important relationship. Yeah, definitely the people to to stay around during this time because it can be quite dangerous as well. You don't really know what's going to happen, so... Yeah. Is it strange being having a load of your friends being at uni and you're kind of working? Yeah, it's a different experience. I think back in 2019, when everyone went to uni for the first time uh, for first year, I was touring. So it didn't feel too weird because everyone kind of parted ways anyway. And Mm -hmm. I was touring with Rudimental. So I didn't really feel like I was at home and they were all out doing their thing. So it was quite nice that we all did that at the same time. But yeah, it's 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 definitely a different experience to what I'm used to obviously being at school with my friends and then suddenly I'm in the working world and it's like a comfortable stage Mm. where you can you know like you're at uni and you're figuring yourself out I feel like this industry that I've gotten into you have to figure yourself out a lot faster you've got to find yourself and your identity and yeah it's been it's been a really good journey so far with all of it and I'm still learning about myself but it's all in a really good way definitely yeah, I think yeah. that's really true and such an interesting observation. I think definitely the workplace forces you to do that. Yeah. Then you're also in an industry where people ask you very regularly, so what are you about? Yeah. <laughs> what do you stand Literally. for? And what does this song mean? Mm-hmm. And what was your journey? Which is basically what I'm going to ask you. Oh. <laughs> <today>. <laughs> I want to talk about your relationship with Rudimental because that's obviously been really fundamental to your career recently. But yes. before we get into that, I want to go back to when you were young when Mm -hmm. you first got interested in music what were the influences that were pulling you to it in those early stages so for me um growing up I had I'm gonna say about three idols and that was Michael Jackson for performance Beyonce for performance again and then and her voice and I think 
Rihanna was like the one artist I gravitated towards the most. Just my mum would buy me her CDs growing up and would play them in the car. Just her presence and her aura and everything she does, she's got so much versatility. And it was like, for me, that was what I wanted to do as an artist. And I loved Rihanna, but it wasn't until maybe 2018 that I really dug deep into how she is as an artist and what she does. And she's so inspiring because she's gone into the business side of things, doing the Fenty. And Mm. obviously that's like another income, another way to make money. And that's what I want to do. I want to eventually get to a point where I've got so many different business ideas and I want to use them all and kind of use my name to boost that as well. Yeah, I actually think you have to in music. Mm -hmm. I think it's one of the best ways to secure longevity because it's such a fickle industry that um, like I was looking into the career of Foxy Brown recently Mm -hmm. and the difference between her and Jay-Z who kind of started in very similar places and then Mm -hmm. he became the CEO of his label. Mm -hmm. He kind of secured his place in the industry for life. Yeah, Rihanna's interesting as well because her career has kind of gone on such a journey. Like just she's worked with so many different sounds. Mm -hmm. That's what I look up to is like the different sounds and the different genres. Like you see her going from working with Drake to working with Calvin Harris. Mm. And to then like a party next door. She can work with anyone. Yeah. So many different people. And it's just, it's very inspiring because you know, it shows that she can do so much and that's what I look up to and that's how I want to be. Yeah. I don't know too much about her like creative process. Does she share much about that? I've seen a few videos of like how she makes music. I think Uh she's, yeah, I don't really know too much about that either. Actually, I've not really looked, that's actually something I'm going to look into. (laughs) I've never thought about that. Yeah. Um, I heard that when she first, she performed Ponder Replay was like the first thing mm. she performed to Jay-Z before he signed her and then he like signed her that night oh wow um, that night yeah they signed the deal that night wow it's crazy or is it <laughs> <laughs> definitely not so when you were younger and you were kind of looking up to these artists and you were seeing Beyonce perform say mm-hmm. were you quite directional and confident in your ability to get there it's a weird one because I've never had any lack of faith that I'm going to get into the industry. I've always been raised with the mindset of, you know, some people say they want to do music and their parents might be like, oh, yeah, but have a plan B. And, mm. you know, for me, I understand that angle because it can be daunting as a parent to be told by your child, I want to get into this industry when everyone knows like a lot of things about the industry as well. It can be quite scary look, from the outside looking in. But my parents never had that mindset. They were like, if you want it, then you get it and you focus on it. And, you know, my, they would take me to uh, lessons, dance school, anything that was, you know, going to contribute to my performance. Mm. They, they, were, they were in for it. And it was a great upbringing for me because no one ever really said, no, you can't do that. I was, I was encouraged so much by them. And yeah, it was a very easy ride for me. I wish, I, I wish like some people that I've spoken to, they wish they could say the same thing. Mm. Um, but I think for me, the doubt came at school. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people I was around and a lot of teachers said like, oh, you need a plan B, da, 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 all these things. And I was just like, my mindset was if I'm focusing on my plan B, I'm not putting 100% into my plan A. So I never had a doubt that I was going to get into the industry. And I think that mindset is what actually got me into the industry. I'm very into like law of attraction, mm. you know, and the secret, yeah. the secret and all those things. So, but saying that I was very, I had a lot of stage fright growing up. Okay. So I've danced on stage since I was three. 
Uh-huh. Always dance, had no lack of confidence ever. But singing, <laughs> like put was, me at the front. <laughs> yeah, I was like that all the time. I was such an like an animated child. There's videos of me on the camcorder where I'm, I'm like, mum, put the camera on me when I was like three, literally <laughs> from so young. But singing, it took me a while. I think I was, I was about five, six when I started singing, mm-hmm. and then when I got to about nine, ten, I started to realise that. I'm kind of a little bit better than my friends when I was about uh-huh. nine, eight. And I was thinking like, oh, like, and I started to pick it up and practice it more. And then my dad put his piano in my bedroom as well. And then I just started picking that up. So it was kind of like a natural process. It wasn't mm. forced on me or anything. And my, my dad's musical as well. So was he um, musical really. professionally or just as a hobby? He worked on the sound system. So he used to do okay. a lot of emceeing on like the, the sound systems back in the day. Yeah, that was kind of what he did. But then he started touring actually with his mates, Atomic Hooligan, the band. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, he toured with them and he did like a, I think I think it was like a, I don't know, it was maybe like a 4,000 capacity show or something uh-huh. in a park. And I remember being there, I was really young and I remember being there. And my dad's, a lot of people don't know this. My dad's had a lot of experience on stage uh-huh. and, and, and musical experience. So, yeah, I kind of grew up looking at that and and it inspired me. And, uh, yeah, he's very supportive. Both him and my mum are very supportive of what I want to do. So it's really nice to be in that position. So but, nice. But, like, singing for me, I used to, when I was about nine, ten-ish, I used to get my parents to look away and I'd face the wall and sing because I just couldn't do it. I had no confidence to sing. It was crazy. Yeah. And then it just built over time. Did you have um, lessons or did you just practice a lot? Uh, So with singing, uh, singing and piano, I didn't have lessons. I just, it was just all kind of self-taught, practicing a lot. Yeah, when I kind of got into the industry, just, you know, had a little bit of of something to keep me, keep me going and improve it and take it to the next level. Just it's like fine tuning. Yeah, like you can only take it so far on your own. Yeah. Yeah, I, I had a few vocal problems which Mm -hmm. so when I started touring I had a few vocal problems and that's when I started to do some training because I just noticed that when you're not singing when you're singing and it's not your job Mm. there's no pressure and you can kind of do it when you want and you don't realize your voice is damaged because the next day you're just chilling at home or whatever but when I started to tour and I realized I need my voice every single day and it's got to be to a certain standard every day I realized it wasn't staying at that level and that was because I'd damaged my voice even just like screaming on stage too much and just being excited and (laughs) I'm quite a loud person anyway so my natural speaking level is probably 10 times louder than the average person like I'm really loud it's true when we started this conversation though I was like is that the levels or is it it more voice yeah just loud (laughs) no yeah literally so so yeah it was just about maintaining it it wasn't so much like teaching me to sing again it was just like I needed to maintain my voice because it's a muscle and people forget that it is a hundred percent it's literally like an athlete you need to learn how to not pull muscles and injure yourself as much as you need to learn how to speed up and you need to train as well yeah and look after it but yeah so it was it was great for me I the only people that doubted me really was friends I thought were my friends at the time right and you know you think when you're doing something good you think that maybe when you're 15 you think you would gain more friends you Mm. know like I'm doing this and it doesn't it doesn't work like that it it really filters down to your real friends and I've still got them people around me today so it's really nice it's so true it's really nice I find most of my really good friends were just 
always supportive and often don't really know too much about it but they're like this yeah. is great yeah <laughs> yeah you literally literally that's what my friends are like but I also think it's really nice what you were saying about not being forced to what's your plan b what's your plan b because I think so many people you're exactly as you said your plan b ends up becoming the only thing that you're putting resource into and then your plan yeah. a obviously is never going to come into existence 100%. and did you grow up in London I grew up in Watford so I'm from Watford uh, which is just outside of London. People uh-huh. call it London, but it's not. It's, it's in Hertfordshire by Harry Potter Studios. Have you been there? Uh, I have been there. Oh, love it. <laughs> yeah. Good old Harry Potter. <laughs> um, I actually did. I did a, there's a, I think there's a, like a, I did a film course in Watford. There's an oh, academy out there. Somewhere. Oh, sick. Years ago. Was it a college or? It was, I used to do acting and it was called the, the New York Film Academy. And oh, okay. Uh, course out there and we went to the harry potter studio i guess to inspire us yeah. <laughs> one day did you have butterbeer <laughs> yes it's disgusting i don't like it it was oh my god i thought it was vile everyone i've spoke to hates it i love it i really so nice yeah i think it's banging really it. it reminds me of eggnog i don't think i even know what eggnog tastes like i don't really know how to explain it but it's a christmas drink just like a creamy yeah it's got Christmassy egg- drink yeah, it's got egg in it. I'm vegan. Can be, oh, you're vegan. Yeah, one of them. You wouldn't have that anyway. we <laughs> <laughs> we having your eggnog. I can't have that spear anymore. Oh, well. But yeah, I grew up in Watford and I loved it because it was near London, but it wasn't as busy as London. I right, really yeah. like, I love spacious areas. Yeah. So I did spend most of my time in London, though. All my friends were from London. Well, most of them were from London. And so I would just travel all the time. Even from like 16, I was going up to see my mates in London. Mm. when I look back at it now I think like how did you do that when you were so young just always traveling always traveling but I guess when you're young you just want to see your mates don't you so yeah and also I think as you get older you forget how old you were when you were young you forget Mm -hmm. that you actually quite mature and stuff because you look at younger people and you're like oh they look so young what do they know about the world but actually your brain's fully working (laughs) it's crazy but I see to be honest I see 16 year olds now and I think wow I did not look that mature when I was young I think it's definitely changed a lot yeah the makeup and stuff like everyone looks a lot older now it's quite scary <laughs> although I did used to go out when I was underage and yeah. I think it's much harder to do that now mm. like, we used to More have strict dodgy ideas yeah now they scan them don't they so you can't really get away with it unless yeah. you're paying like stupid yeah. money to get a fake one oh. honestly I think we used to use like library cards and stuff oh really <laughs> yeah all way with that yeah but I'm 28 so it was, okay. it was quite a while ago now <laughs> so I think you signed to Major Tom's in 2019 is that yeah. right yeah so yeah so was there a long kind of courting process before that happened or, or what was the what was the process to that coming about so we kind of spoke on Instagram so okay they saw my Instagram page of me doing mashups and I was doing covers of their songs and stuff and then they yeah. saw me and we started having a conversation and they're being rudimental yeah right? this is rudimental yeah, yeah. rudimental and their team mm-hmm. like, all together and yeah we spoke we had conversations but at the time they had a single out with James Arthur um so it didn't move too fast they were touring mm-hmm. and they were traveling a lot and they were obviously in a in the middle of a campaign so 
I didn't know any, I didn't even know what a campaign was at that time. I was like <laughs> yeah. 17. So I just thought, oh, why are they ignoring me? <laughs> just message me back. Yeah. And I'm going to post another video. Like, yeah. did they see it? Did they see it? And then I did, I posted another video and I actually covered one of their songs. And then they said, okay, we want to get you in for an audition. I was gutted because I actually fell ill. You know, when you just wake up and you are bunged mm. up, like completely bunged up, can't really speak. You sound different when you're talking, everything. And yeah, I had a really rotten cold and I was gutted because I was meant to go to the audition that day. So I ended up sending a video in and I was, it was so difficult because I was trying to like be like, hi guys, I'm awesome. (laughs) Trying to be like yourself, your normal energy. I was really trying to like give off my, my, my personality in a video when I was really (laughs) ill. So it was really hard, but um, yeah, I managed to do it. And then they got back and they were like, yeah, we really like it. Um, Never spoke about a record deal though. That was never really, I had no idea about any of that. It was Mm -hmm. just touring we were speaking about. Mm -hmm. And then later on down the line, I kind of went in and started recording stuff and just trying different things with them. And it was nice because they, uh, with most labels, they now want to see like a, at least half established artists where they've got Mm. a whole like reel of songs that they can give to you. That's all finished. It's it's changed a lot. Like people don't want to develop artists anymore. They just want Mm. already made products there and ready to like you know just rake in the money with so this was nice because Mm. they just wanted to hear my voice and that's one thing about rudimental they're so like authentic and they just want to do everything how it actually should be done Mm -hmm. and when you see how they've been so successful with Anne-Marie it's like you know look at her now that was all from an organic process and did they kind of spot Anne-Marie then in her early days yeah so she did an audition years ago and she toured with them and yeah and then they just started developing her they've they've actually broke for a few artists they just didn't sign the artists and it wasn't until Anne-Marie came along that they said oh like we need to actually make a label because we're breaking through all these artists like John Newman they've also signed Ella Henderson they signed Ella Henderson yeah the same year I signed it's got a pretty good roster doing pretty well <laughs> talent spotting yeah. is <laughs> yeah it's, it's it, they're, yeah they're doing well like the label's just always growing and it's so nice to be a part of that journey with yeah. them as well but you know they've always given me the freedom to explore myself and explore the music I want to make yeah it's a really good position to be in because a lot of artists now they don't get that freedom yeah, you might be oh. working with someone and they'd be like, hmm, interesting idea. We also think we've booked you the session with this producer. Yeah, <laughs> like, Okay. I know. So I, I just kind of go in, like my manager gets me into sessions pretty much every day and we're just, you know, always, always finding new, new producers to work with and writers to work with. Okay. Um, and they develop me as a writer. So as well, so singer, songwriter. It's just a better position to be in if you can write your own music, to be honest. Definitely. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Were you intimidated at all by the writing in maybe earlier days? Yeah, like it was, I've always written my own music, but it was getting to that industry standard, whatever yes. that is, because yeah. it's just so many different things now. But like, yeah, it was just getting to a point where I could write a high quality song and mm. be able to deliver it to major toms and be like this is what I've got let's release an EP which now Mm. we have done but kind of it kind of happened a lot faster than we all thought it was going to happen you know we thought 
oh, like I was going to be in development for maybe two years. Mm -hmm. But it was a case of, I mean, I had the songs within about nine, ten months. I had most of my songs done. That was in between touring as well. So I kind of made a project in between touring. So when I wasn't touring, I was just in the studio finding out who my favourite writers are. And yeah, Yeah. it was was daunting, but, you know, it worked with it. Yeah, it's (laughs) just paying off, so... That chemistry that you have in the writing room, in the production room, I think yeah. is quite important. So when you find it with someone, it must be quite nice. Mm-hmm. Was, there a, was there a particular song that was a kind of change moment where everyone listened and was like, yeah, okay, this is ready, or this is yeah. the start of a project? Yeah, so actually the last song, the, the most recent song we released that came from my EP mm-hmm. was called Alien, and that was the last song that we dropped. So I dropped most of my, my songs on my EP and then released it. Yeah, it was probably that song. We actually recorded it first, but we dropped it last. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote it with Anne-Marie and it was just like a, it was so bouncy and just edgy mm. and just different. And I think everyone was like, yeah, like this is Morgan's style. And I yeah. agree, it was definitely, I just, it just felt right. And that's kind of been like the standout thing for me was having that balance between commercial and edgy swaggy music. Yes. Not keeping yeah. it too cheesy, but still keeping it cool, but it being able to be played on the radio yeah that kind of that kind of vibe and it was when we found that vibe that I just started going in and just making music like that and Mm -hmm. it just worked every session it was just working and now I'm in a place where I'm discovering more about myself now so I'm exploring a lot more different genres now and it's really nice yeah to, to be doing that yeah and to have the freedom to do that as well do you always write to um to a beat or to a track or do you also just write as and when you have ideas Sometimes I can be in my car. A few of the sessions that I've had, I've been in my car on the way to the session and then I've come up with something and I've recorded it and sent it to the producer Mm -hmm. and then they've started making the beat before I've even got there. And then when I get there, we've just basically made the whole song already. Uh, that happens quite a lot. Yeah, that that happens. So if anyone's having writer's block, yeah, get in the car. <laughs> Literally, no. I do come up with really good like melodies when I'm in the car for some reason. Other times, some producers have kind of just given me a beat to work yeah. with, but I prefer actually being in the studio and everyone making it as we go. And that's why when I'm in the studio with Rudimental, it's so easy because they're so musical. So we'll have we'll have Renell Amir on the guitar, we'll have Kezi on the piano, we'll have Piers on the keys, Beanie on the drums, like just so many different musicians in one room. Mm-hmm. And it's so much easier to make music when people are actually musical. It's just yeah. such a nice feeling to be in the room with live musicians. Cause that's that's how they brought me into the industry was by live performance. So that's mm-hmm. that's what I know best. So it's really nice to just you know make songs as we go from scratch yeah the kind of improvisational mm-hmm. nature yeah the first song that I heard of yours that I played so much and I probably would have been I remember doing a mix and like having it in and then sending it off to someone so I'm trying to think when that it was definitely hot because I remember listening back but was um Sanctuary yeah so I was wondering about the process of creating that single and mm-hmm. also the release process around that Mm -hmm. so my first song that I released was my year and that was dropped on the 5th of March which was literally just before the lockdown our first ever lockdown Uh and I was like remember guys the first lockdown first lockdown (laughs) we're in like lockdown 25 when I dropped my year it was like okay I'm rolling out with this music got a good year ahead good year ahead 
And then lockdown happened and it was just... Oh my God, yeah, the energy of that track is like, this is going to be my year and then this happened. And it was like, what? It's no one's year. It's literally no one's year. This is no one's year. And then Sanctuary was the first song we dropped in a lockdown. Uh So that was my second ever release. and, And it was my first song that we released in lockdown. And luckily on the session, on the day of the session, which was, I think it was... February mm-hmm. we made that song early February um it was myself uh, maestro who's a really sick producer and shells she's an amazing writer we got in and it was kind of like an improvisation thing we we had an inspiration from Rihanna's wild thoughts that kind mm-hmm. of swing to the song it's like quite a, like a sexy kind of song it was kind of improvisation but we got a lot of the demo vocal down so it was mm-hmm. a rough vocal but we didn't have any harmonies or doubles or like ad-libs or any of these things and we were like how can we drop this song when we haven't got any harmonies or ad-libs or it's just it's just a straight vocal and it needed a lot of cleaning up you know it was our first lockdown and everyone was really strict with it and it was there was just no chance of us getting in the studio to finish it so I recorded voice notes a lot of what you hear in Sanctuary is actually voice notes from my iPhone (laughs) Did you plug a microphone in or literally no, just <laughs> voice notes, literally voice notes from my phone, the ad libs in Sanctuary and a lot of the harmonies are all voice notes from my iPhone. Maestro just did an amazing job of making it fit and making the effect, putting effects on my voice mm-hmm. notes and just making them sound like they've been recording. <laughs> this sounds legit. Like, it's actually mad. Like it might be a new way of recording, <laughs> but it was, yeah, it was, I was really worried and nervous about that because I didn't know how it was going to mm. sound. And then when he came back to me with how it sounded, I was really happy with it. And then we we released it and it was a, a really good moment. Like a lot of people loved that song, which was yeah. really nice. Yeah, it felt really good. It obviously um, like kicked into the old algorithm as well, where you mm-hmm. kind of were like, yeah, good place to be. Yeah, <laughs> it was really nice. And then with Alien, I imagine you had much more of a, kind of thought process around exactly what you wanted what you wanted that to be like what you wanted the structure and stuff to be mm-hmm. did you have a load of other tracks that didn't make it yeah with with the thing is with with major toms and rudimental and my manager it's never a case of the song not making it it's mm. more how can we make this song better for another time so mm-hmm. a lot of the songs that i'd made just didn't fit in the ep it wasn't that they didn't necessarily like the songs it it was just it just wasn't for now some of the songs I made which I was in a really good position with really is some of the songs that I made were too big for my moment for my first ever moment so we we've got a lot of them saved now most songs that I've made we've got them saved and ready to release when the time's right Uh I've got a lot of songs that are just sitting there like waiting (laughs) to be released which is a good position to be in it's a great position to be in yeah it's 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 a really good position to be in and I'm I'm grateful that I have so many songs and I've worked with so many good people now is a different time now musically I'm really in a place where I'm looking to excel I don't know whether I'm going to be dropping another project or I might just be releasing music and just seeing what happens but I'm going with a more relaxed approach now so with the EP, I was working towards a project. With this, I'm just going to be dropping music. And if we feel like there's a project there, we might make one, but you never know. You just can't, you can't predict anything. So I'm glad we're on a more relaxed vibe now. Yeah, you're looking yeah. for excellent. When when you feel it, then... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll be right. Be yeah, 100%. 
So you've obviously, as you said, been really fortunate to be able to work with some really brilliant people at like quite an early stage in your career. Mm-hmm. Have either some of them, so maybe it's an Anne-Marie or Rudimental or mm-hmm. maybe it's your mum. <laughs> what have been some really good pieces of advice that you've been given to help you navigate your career? I, I get advice every day, but most of the advice that I got was when I was on tour. I've still got a lot to learn about performing, but I just remember all of the Rudy guys telling me, and the extended Rudy, Rudy lot as well, all telling me, just don't be afraid to make a mistake. I was going on stage and I was so anxious about making a mistake. I'd put my glasses on, my my shades, and I'd, I'd hide behind my shades for the first the first couple of weeks of touring. And then I remember, I can't remember who it was that told me, but they said, just take your glasses off because don't depend on your glasses. Mm-hmm. If you depend on your glasses, you're never going to be able to perform without them. So just don't wear them. Go cold turkey and just don't wear them. And then see if you can handle it and it, you know it was tough at first but I kind of got there in the end and now it's just it's, it's easy to mm. perform I've got there's a few things I need to work on like my presence in in some ways I just need to I've got this habit of like pacing up and down the stage <laughs> <laughs> you watch videos of yourself back to yeah look. yeah and after every show my manager's like stop pacing <laughs> <laughs> but, but no like it's good because I'll I'll bear that in mind next time but I just honestly I haven't performed in so long it's just yeah. been a nightmare like I've completely forgotten but next um, time you'll be running back and forward I'll be running back I'll be moonwalking back and forward <laughs> but no yeah so it's it's yeah I've got a lot to learn but you know everyone's always got something to learn so exactly it's great exactly. really that's a nice piece of advice though yeah if you're having a down day, which we all have, particularly mm. at the moment, yeah. um, how do you move yourself out from that space? Or are you just like, eh, down days happen. I'm not going out there today. <laughs> um, during lockdown, I've been off, I have been having a lot of fights with my own brain. It's mm. been quite a difficult time mentally. I think the first lockdown was easier because I was exercising a lot. And with exercise kind of comes peace of mind for me, I think everyone can say this when you're exercising you're not really thinking about anything it's Um, quite mindful yeah it releases a lot of good endorphins so I was doing that every day um staying on top of my game but as I I don't know as it kind of went into winter I don't know I think everyone said this as well the mood just kind of switched it was it went Mm. from okay we're in a lockdown this this is something different to now it just being the same thing dragging for a whole year Mm. and it's obviously very difficult for everyone when I'm in a bad mood, I've, I haven't been accepting that I'm just in a bad mood or I just don't feel good. And I think fighting it in my own brain has been more of a problem for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like when you fight your thoughts, it makes them worse. <laughs> so I just need to accept that I'm just not in a good mood today, maybe, or like another day and just and just go with it and just accept it. And I think everyone's beating themselves up as well, but we're forgetting that we are in like a global pandemic and it's been really difficult for everybody to, to cope. And actually we should all pat ourselves on the back for getting through it because it's been difficult. It's true. Mm -hmm. But then you see, I saw this um, Kim Cattrall quote the other day where she was like, I don't, I'm really not interested in being unhappy for even 30 minutes of my life. Yeah. And I was like, that is wonderful. Is that possible? <laughs> yeah. Like, Kim, I don't know if it's possible. Wow. Tell me how. How are you doing Please, this? Please, I need that advice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I get hormonal, Kim, and then I'm not feeling good. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> 
you said that you follow and are interested in the law of attraction and kind of mm. manifestation, those kind of things. Do you tie to that? Do you write down goals for your future? Or do yeah. you? Yeah, I've got like, me- I kind of write it down in my own head. Uh-huh. Um, I should probably actually write it down. It's actually, I think it's better to actually write stuff down. But yeah, I, I've got I've got a few goals in my head. I, I, I want to, in the next two years, I want to be, you know, hitting a lot bigger numbers in mm-hmm. terms of my streams and my uh, people buying my sales. And I want to start doing my own shows. Obviously that's really difficult to, to know right now because no shows are happening, but yeah. um, it's a weird time to, to develop. Um, I said to my manager the other day, actually, I said, uh, is this a hard time to develop as an artist? And she said, not really. Cause you get the opportunity to focus on, things like your social media and growing like growing in different types of ways you know mm-hmm. um building your platforms so that you've got more of a fan base there's a lot of things you can focus on now mm-hmm. um that you wouldn't have been able to before so you can take the positive from it as well obviously it's a hard time but you can take the positive from it definitely yeah and I suppose a lot of people talk about an artist I mean you, you mentioned it as well like incubation period yeah. you have had a forced incubation period yeah. to a degree where mm-hmm. you've had digital and studio or solo time yeah it's been a wild time Woo! <laughs> love it <laughs> and just on that note and kind of final question what are you missing most at the moment and what are you most excited to be able to do when life becomes life again <laughs> I am literally craving going to Ibiza and having a massive rave like, yeah. like <laughs> I'm craving it so much just that feeling of being out again I'm not even a, I don't even club that much mm. and I don't really miss clubbing I just miss going out on a holiday yeah you know being able to just do everything and be back to normal even now sometimes I watch films and I see people in groups and I think you can't do that because it's COVID yeah. and I'm like oh my god no way this was filmed four years ago <laughs> like it's, what are you doing guys get back what are you doing <laughs> yeah no yeah it's it's yeah it's it's been a lot but I that's that's probably what I'm looking forward to the most and just having a massive family a massive family gathering yeah I actually like cannot watch I cut there's loads of tv shows and stuff I cannot watch in films because they're too painful yeah if it's too like many people in bars and stuff I'm like whoa what (laughs) are you doing (laughs) I can't do that don't do it in front of me oh and you see you see like New Zealand they're like COVID free now and oh, festivals and everything yeah. and I'm like I'm so jealous right now <laughs> oh, is that like, happening? How? oh my gosh what's your favorite music to dance and go out to oh it dep- honestly it depends which friends I'm with and yeah. where I'm going I've got one group of friends where it's straight drum and bass house and then I've got the other group of friends where it's like I don't know, like bashment vibes. Okay, yeah. Kind of dance hall. Actually, and then I've got another group of friends, which is kind of like, I say group of friends, it's like two people because I can count my <laughs> friends on my hands. So I don't have that many friends, but I prefer uh-huh. it that way anyway. Yeah, and then I've got, got tight straight, friends. straight rap music. Like, <laughs> <laughs> honestly, when I'm drunk, I'll, <laughs> I'll listen to anything. Dance yeah. Quit in the club. Variety is good. Yeah. <laughs> Morgan... Thank you very much for sharing all your story with us. Thank you so much. People who are listening, where can they find you? Where are you most active on the socials and the old streaming platforms? Yes. So uh, my Twitter is at known as Morgan. um, And my Instagram is Morgan Connie Smith. 
And my Facebook is Morgan, if you can find that. Oh, she's <laughs> using the Facebook. <laughs> Facebook as well. <laughs> and, and my um, WhatsApp is. <laughs> and, my, and my number is. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's all my platforms. Amazing. Thank you so much. Thank that's you. Lovely chatting with you. And thanks guys for listening. And we will see you next week. Yes. See you later. Bye. Bye. What up, let's?